draws on and right. Brilliant save indeed. Walsh has scored. Leicester City are in dreamland now. Lovely close control there by Weller. Chance on for Virgin or the whack one. It's a beautiful goal. What a Welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby, back for another year of For Fox Sake, talking all things Leicester uh, with myself and Rob Hayes. Rob, Happy New Year, Happy Christmas, and happy returning this year for another year of uh, Leicester City chat, let's say. But uh, yeah, just uh, as to chatting all things Leicester and uh, a fair few people listening as well. Yeah, thank you very much. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope everybody had a nice break. Uh, congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Selby, married just before Christmas. Newlyweds, how is it? Yes, all good. Still together. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, um, hey, you managed good. a we, couple we, of weeks. Yes, exactly. But we, um, yeah, hence the reason why we haven't had a podcast for a long time. It's been pretty busy. So yes, there was the uh, there was the wedding just before Christmas and all that, and then obviously Christmas and. Obviously, with two families and you got to move around, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, from different parts of the country, it just wasn't feasible. So we made the decision, Rob, and then you've gone on holiday as well. Um, so we, we we kind of said, right, hang on, let's just because there's so many games, let's just wait, let's wait, get Christmas and New Year out of the way. You can come back from your holly bobs. How were they? How was the skiing? Yeah, very good, thank you. I went to Poland skiing. And uh, most of you know I'm a, I'm a teacher, so obviously I have to be uh, restricted to the school holidays. Don't get your violins out too much. I know I get plenty of holiday, but I am restricted to those times. Due to come back Sunday night, um, I'm back to school on the Monday morning, uh, boarding the plane from Krakow Airport back to Leeds, Bradford, all good, in the queue to board, about five away from the, the door through the gate to the plane, uh, they shut the door, they said boarding suspended, and then they said, sorry, we've not got enough cabin crew to get you all on the plane. Uh, the plane is now at capacity for the ratio of staff to passengers. Uh, tough, you're not flying to Leeds Bradford tonight. And I was like, hang on, it's Sunday night, I need to get back, I'm due in school in the morning. Uh, five hours later, we were in a hotel in Krakow, and then the next morning I flew back to Birmingham, and then my father-in-law fin- uh, very kindly picked us up, and he drove us all the way back up to Leeds to get the car to drive home to Sheffield. So the holiday was great. The skiing was excellent. The spas were lovely. Getting back was a bit of a pain. But I'm back in time for the podcast. That's all that matters. I about to say, you're back in time for the podcast. We couldn't care less. Could we listen to this about the <laughs> about the work on the Monday? But yes, it's uh, it's great to be back. It's been very busy. It's been very enjoyable watching Leicester, of course, and their uh, their romp through the championship as it's been it's been fantastic um yeah so basically we're going to touch on all things Leicester we're going to touch on the, the squad as well so basically what we would have done at christmas we're going to do now which is 
kind of like a half half term review, Rob. So you'll be well well versed in this. But uh, we'll touch on some of the results. Uh, obviously, through to the next round of the FA Cup after beating Millwall three two, um, and then relatively easy games in the Championship. You know, you beat in Huddersfield four um, one, a comfortable win away at. Uh, Cardiff, the game against Ipswich, which we'll mention 1-1, and then easy wins against Rotherham. Uh, you'd say the same against Birmingham as well, Millwall, even though it was 3-2 for both of them. Uh, I don't know how far back we'll go, but the cup draw. But I think we'll just go straight into the team, shall we, Rob? Let's go straight into this um, 1-2, what, 41, uh, and we'll go through these in position order. And what we're going to do is we're just going to talk briefly, and also some transfer news as well, some interesting transfer news today. So we're going to talk briefly about each player and how well they've done and where they probably will fit as we go forward this season and also into next season as well. Um, so, yeah. It's obviously going to be relatively positive, isn't it? It's not going to be. It's not. There's not going to be too many players who were like, well, you know, mm, yeah, uh, he's not done too well this year. But there, there might be one or two. Um, let's start with the goalkeepers. Um, Danny Ward, for for a start, is looks like he's on his way out. Um, Alex Smithies is still there. Um, and then you've got the two goalkeepers. You've got your Polish mate. Uh, and also uh, Mads Hermanson, who I think we should start with. Obviously, Ward going is good. Probably going to Sheffield United. Looks like they're picking up a few players. Um, Alex Smithies. But Hermanson, very impressive for me. Very impressive. A goalkeeper of extreme confidence, which is what we need after having the aforementioned Danny Ward. Uh, Everson obviously has gone out on loan to Stoke, which is a good thing. Uh, if he's not going to be around at the club, then get some game time for him. Uh, and then maybe a purchase i'm quite surprised actually he's gone to stoke i i did a thing for bbc radio stoke actually about it and i, and I kind of hinted that you're getting an excellent goalkeeper a really good championship goalkeeper but i am surprised i'll be surprised if stoke buy him unless they offer a, a substantial amount of money and i'm talking about from a from a championship club point of view i think you, you want a few million but anyway we'll see how that goes uh, Ward, if he goes to Sheffield United or just leaves the club, that's fine. That's what he needs to do. But with the the confidence that Mads Herman sh has shown is exactly what Danny Ward needed and what Everson kind of needed as well. Um, excellent shot stopper, uh, excellent communication, distributor of the ball, exactly the way that Enzo wanted. You know, we couldn't play this football without someone like him in goal. And also, the relationship between him and the defence looks excellent. And his talking to the likes of Vestergaard has obviously helped with the defence. And if we're going to go out of 10, Rob, um, I'm going to have to say overall, um, and again, we're talking about championship football, massive difference to the Premier League. I'm going to go 9 out of 10, actually. I was going to go 8, but I'm going to go 9 because he has been impressive. But we are talking about a goalkeeper who I think is a, he's obviously a Premier League goalkeeper, but he's been he's been really good. Oh, he's been a sensational signing. So, so important. There, there's a few players that, uh, as we go through this that will come out uh, and will prove to be absolutely crucial to the system. There's a few players that nip, that dip in and out. There's a few players that you can try in certain positions. Um, but, but it's very, very clear that he is extremely important. And there's also a reason why Stelarczyk has been promoted to second choice. And that's because he's the second best footballing goalkeeper. That's that's pretty much the fact of the matter. 
every time the ball got passed back to Danny Ward and and slightly less so, but still the case with that uh, with uh, Everson. You you cringed a little bit, and that was before we played out of the back too much. Brendan Rodgers liked a bit of a play around at the back, but not too bad, not too much compared to Maresca. Can you imagine if he hadn't got any goalkeeping targets in Maresca and he was starting Danny Ward in this system, and Danny Ward's trying to play 10, 15 yard passes low across his own penalty area? You'd you'd be you'd you'd be struggling, wouldn't you? You'd be struggling to watch it. Some people find it a bit frustrating now, and and Hermanson is so cool, calm and collected on the ball. And when I was going through these, I don't usually prepare for the podcast, I'll be totally honest, and most of you listening are probably well aware of that. But when you said that you wanted to go through it, squad, uh, the, the squad player by player, pick out a, a number rating out of 10, I thought, I'd better sit for five minutes and do this. So I did. And um, I can't fault a single thing about about Hermanson this season, so I've, I've had no choice but to go 10 out of 10. Wow, 10 out of 10 already. On, make sure you're doing this at home as well. What would your uh, what would your ratings be? Um, James, Justin, onto the defence. Um, Justin, Vass and Cody. We'll do them in groups of three, actually. Uh, James, Justin, Vass and Cody. So two, three and four. Uh, Justin has been... It's, I, I think it's just purely a season for James Justin to get fully fit and playing football. Um, you can say that for a few people, Ricardo Pereira probably as well. And he's done just that. He has not hit the heights of the James Justin we saw when he first joined the club. And hopefully he can get to that level. But he's been a very vital member of the squad. And I think at the moment he is just coasting along at a 7 out of 10 level. And I'm going to go for 7 purely because we know the heights he can hit. And he's not hit anywhere near those. Now, that's not a problem. It's not a problem at all. A very successful season for the club and also a successful season for James Justin would be Leicester getting promoted, winning the league and him not being injured and just get back to playing football. So I'm going seven for James Justin. Valt Vass, I'm going to go um, slightly different for him because he's easier. He's your, he's your Valt Vass. He's, he's exactly what we know. He's going to make the odd mistake here and there, but at this level, he's too good. He's a Belgium centre-half. He's an international player. And he has been coasting in a lot of games, which a, a word we'll use quite often. Um, I'm probably going to go 8 out of 10 for Vass because he's been very good. Um, but again, this is a level lower than he should be playing. And he should be at an 8 out of 10 level. I don't think he's needed to be a 9 out of 10. Uh, and then on to Connor Cody, who's uh, an intriguing player because obviously he was brought in and was going to be the mainstay of defence. But because of the way the Leicester have been playing, he's not got a sniff, really. But when he's coming, he's been OK. He's had... It must be difficult for Cody, even though he is the captain and he is a, a player of his stature and his experience. His influence, and that's what always you say with, with Cody, you know, the way he is... The way he was when he got injured and he, he, he stuck with the team and he wanted to be there every game. I think we have to put a lot of Leicester success or a part of Leicester's success down to Cody and his influence off the field as well. Has that been underestimated with the fans? I I don't think so. But um, Connor Cody for me, in an interrupted season, I suppose we're going to have to say on the field as well, I'm just going to go 6 out of 10 because it's it's not been his fault. He's been injured, but I think you have to maybe maybe 7. I'll go 7 purely because I think his influence has been substantial when he's not been playing. So uh, those are my ratings. Seven for Justin. I'm going to go for eight for Vass. And actually, no, I'm going to go back for a six for Cody. 
every single one of my ratings so far has been one point higher than yours, which is interesting. That that gives you an insight into what I'm going for the next three. Maybe, maybe I did it. Uh, maybe I'm being too optimistic. Maybe I'm being too nice. But I mean, I, I take all of your points, but I've gone for Justin eight, fast nine, Cody seven. Um, Justin, may, maybe his absolute screamer the other day he bumped him up a point. I don't know. Uh, the reason he's nowhere near a nine or a ten for me, Justin, is because I, I still think in this system, his his ball playing is not quite at that level. You know, when he was playing fullback in a team where it, it was a traditional overlap, use your pace kind of role, great. He's got fantastic pace, great physicality. Obviously, his technique's decent because that one that he stuck top bins was uh, wasn't half bad, was it? Um, and he can move the ball reasonably well, but I just I just think he's playing out from the back. Sometimes he looks a little bit lost, especially in in tighter situations. So I've I've got eight for him. Um, Fast has hardly put a foot wrong. He's he's looked when he first came into Leicester in the Premier League. He he was a bit more like sort of Wesley Fofana, really aggressive, really sort of crash bang wallop kind of defender, and. Yes, he's not had to do anywhere near as much defending this season because we have the ball most of the time. But he he's shown his class completely. And he, he looks every every inch a sort of a Rolls-Royce championship defender. He's, he's too good for the division. That's that's the case, really. As is the team as a whole. But um, he hasn't had to go through all of the gears. I'll take your point in that. But still, he's been part of a phenomenal-looking defence most of the time. Uh, he, he's done everything right for me, so I've I've given him a nine. Uh, and Cody, I've gone for a seven. Yeah, he's been unlucky in terms of his game time, but it's a positive thing from Leicester's point of view that they signed somebody who was a very recent England international who was taken to major tournaments predominantly because of what you mentioned there is his uh, his attitude in the dressing room and on the training ground and his ability to bring players together. He's a really infectious character. So I've no doubt whatsoever that he's been doing that every single day at training. He'll be a big voice in the in the changing room, on the bench, all that kind of stuff. And it's it's been difficult for him to show exactly what he can do on the pitch because he's not been able to get a run of games and a bit of rhythm in. But I still I still think he's been a, a steady seven. So I've gone one point higher than you on every player so far. Let's see if this theme continues. We'll see, we'll see. Um, Callum Doyle, Harry Souter and uh, Ricardo Pereira. Uh, Callum Doyle, another player who has been blighted by injuries, been out for a long time, but he looked good beforehand. Pretty slow, pretty slow. And it'll be interesting to see whether Leicester make it a permanent deal if they get promoted, because I think Man City will be asking for a a fair amount of money. Um, But beforehand, one one or two errors, but he he looked okay. Um, His season blighted by injuries so I'm just going to go a seven because I think that's being kind but he has played more at the start than Cody so I, I'm, I'm going to go seven because he looked tidy and there's an awful lot of, of promise there but the conversation at the end of the season will be be interesting um, and also when he comes back will he go back into the team as well or will he be like Cody on the bench we will see um, Harry Souter uh, when, I, when I did that uh, Radio Stoke thing um, about Everson going. The mention about Suter because that was linked, and I said, "Well, that you got an excellent player. I think Harry Suter is an excellent defender. I would like him to stay for a start because 
he's cover at the centre half position and he's he's great cover. When he was brought on against Birmingham, the right thing to do, we go back to bringing Vestergaard on when um, Brendan Rodgers used to do that in injury time or late on and it didn't work out, but Suter's a different animal and it was a couple of big headers away. And I, and I think he would be useful in that scenario again. Also, if he was to play, wouldn't have a problem. Wouldn't have a problem at all. He's just not played. Um, what mark can you give him? He's played, what, against Liverpool, I think, when you were there, Rob? Um, he's done okay, but he has to be a, a 6 out of 10. Because, again, he's not played. I don't think you can go lower than that if he's, if the players haven't played um, because of the, the nature of the season that Leicester are having. So, yeah, 6 for Suter. Um, individually for him, it would be a 1, wouldn't it? For, because he'll be really annoyed that he's not played. Scores every time for Australia. And then Pereira. Uh, Ricardo Pereira, um, I think he's been fantastic. He's been fantastic this season. Um, we know the championship is a level below what he should be playing. Another player, just like James Justin, we just want him to get through the season, play injury-free. Um, but when he has played, which is constantly, and he's captain an awful lot as well, uh, he's been fantastic. That defender moving into midfield role, slightly different, obviously, to someone like a Stones at Man City, but still... Uh, has the attributes to get involved in the middle of the park. Um, we know he can still get down the wing, but we know he's a good defender. He's just an all-round excellent player. And I think Ricardo Pereira, I'm going to give a 9. and He's going to have a 9 out of 10. There's going to be a couple with 9 out of 10 for me. Uh, so there's Doyle, Suter and Pereira. Yeah, not much to add on uh, Doyle and Suter, really. I think you covered most of it. Uh, having Doyle backs good for balance, I think, because he's the only left-footed defender that we've got. Uh, and he does just make that um, defensive three when we're in possession look a little bit more balanced, um, a bit more sort of confident playing out left-footed from that side rather than having a right-footer there because it sort of closes off your options a little bit. So it, it's nice to have him back. I think he's he's steady. Um, I, I, I would like to see more from him between now and the end of the season to be absolutely convinced that he's a player that we would need to purchase for um, our return to the Premier League. I don't see quite that yet, but, you know, he, he has just come back from injury. So let's uh, keep our fingers crossed for an injury-free injury run for the remainder of the season, and we'll see then. But I, th I agree also, I think a fee could be a sticking point. It might well be that Manchester City are prepared to give him another season on loan, Um uh, and see how he gets on in the Premier League with Leicester. I'd, I'd take him on another loan. Um, I'm not sure at this stage that he's done enough to warrant the price tag that Manchester City might put on him. Uh, Suter, yeah, solid enough. F fine, I agree with your score for Doyle and Suter, seven and a six. Um, I've gone 10 out of 10 for Ricardo Pereira. Um, and, and this goes back to what I said about Hermanson when... When I was putting these ratings together and thinking, right, who is absolutely vital to this team? And Ricardo Pereira is one of them. You, you've got a team that are top of the table by 10 points, 25 points clear of the, the bottom of the playoffs. So this is a team that is that is breaking championship records. And to me, if you're one of the most important players in that team, you have made a significant contribution to this team doing so well. So... Uh, on the unofficial player ratings halfway, just over halfway through the season at the beginning of 2024 and for Fox 8 Podcast, you deserve a 10 out of 10 from me for what that is worth. Um, I think he's adapted extremely well. He was always one of the players in the summer 
when Maresca first came in, he was one of those that you knew. He was buying into this. He was pretty much foregoing any chance of getting back into the Portugal squad anytime soon. He quite clearly is a is a top division player in, in whichever country he plays in, but he was willing to be part of this sort of rebuilding project and he's been a massive part of it. Captain, dual roles, left back into midfield, right back into midfield. I think he's off the top of my head, started a couple of games in in a sort of central position. Um just very, very important player to this system. So I'm I'm giving him a big fat ten. Oh yeah, I, I agree. I'm not adverse into giving 10 out of 10s, by the way. Um, but yeah, uh, I've gone nine, you've gone 10. Um, the final two then, uh, Ben Nelson, Yannick Vestergaard, the way round. But um, we'll just mention Ben Nelson first. Played against uh, Millwall. Great for him to have game time. Obviously, Mareska likes him. So, yep, yeah, Ben Nelson. He's not really figured. So, just say a seven. He's made his, his full debut now, um, starting for Leicester. So, that's excellent. Um, and then Yannick Vestergaard, who has been... Fantastic for me, absolutely fantastic. He's going to be interesting when when we when we look forward to the Premier League. But you know, I mentioned we might mention with one or two players looking for the Premier League. I don't think we should really when it comes to comes to these. Let, let's let's just concentrate this season. But that will be interesting with Vestergaard. Um, now, when Leicester have when Leicester were going to start the season, we we said that. They're just better than a lot of teams. A lot of teams are going to turn up wearing the same, you know, different kit, but same team kind of thing. Vestergaard, again, this is a level where he is so comfortable, like so comfortable. We know when he turned up that he was a good player. It never happened for him before. But this season, I think he's been exceptional. The link between the defence and the midfield, the calmness of... Vestergaard has had an effect on everyone else. I'll give credit to the goalkeeper for that as well. But also, the way he plays is vital for this Maresca ball, Enzo ball. But also, when you have possession an awful lot, you need players. And I know it's happened on occasion, more than one occasion, more than five occasions, that the crowd have got on Leicester's back because of the way they're playing. I don't think that will be the case now. I think if Leicester... um, if it's kind of a slow game where you know the the opposition are defending well, but it is a game that's going to be won later on. I think the way Leicester are playing, and I think that the size of lead at the top of the table, I think the crowd will now do that less. I think they will look at the championship and go, well, hang on, it's working. It's taken quite a few games, or should I say half a season, for that maybe to happen. I might be wrong. It might still be the case that there are big elements of the crowd shouting for the ball to go forward. But it will look it will look a lot worse if you don't have players who look comfortable on the ball, like Winks, like say a Vestergaard, and because he looks so comfortable on the ball, it for me, in my opinion, it doesn't look as bad as what some supporters have been moaning about. Okay, and I understand where they're coming from. Fine, um, I think Yannick Vestergaard in his height, what I mentioned with Suter, he's been that has been vital this season as well, and possibly part of the game that doesn't maybe. Um, you get credited for because it's it's just taken for granted. Um, he's ten out of ten for me. He's ten out of ten. I think he's been fantastic, and I yeah, re- just fantastic. Also from the place he came from in the Leicester squad, nowhere public enemy number one and nowhere, and yet now he is arguably one of the two or three most vital players in the side. 
I think I've been a bit mean here, so I'm going to change it. Not that anybody knew what I'd written down before. Oh, so I'm, I'm being honest. Uh, I'd given him a nine, but having sort of verbalised my reasons for Hermanson and Ricardo getting 10 out of 10s, I, I completely agree with what you've said about how important he is to this team. And even if that only got him up to like a 9.5, and, and those of you that have listened to these kind of podcasts before uh, on For Fox Sake will know we don't do half marks. So the extra half mark that gets him up from the 9.5 to the 10 for me is is what you've just said there. His, his attitude after coming back from the darkness. Yes, I'm, I'm aware that the coaching staff have completely changed uh, new players have come in, new style of play, and it's a division lower. There are a lot of factors that have contributed to him making such a uh, an impressive return to to first team football at Leicester. But yeah, I, I, he hasn't. He's hardly put a foot wrong, um, and I, you can't rate him on on what you think he lacks based on how he'd be in the Premier League. And and I think I've done that with my score of nine. So I'm boosting him up to my third 10 out of 10. We've, not even, we've only just completed the defence. I've given three 10 out of 10s already. Yeah, I, I had down in my head a, a 10 for Vestergaard as as, um, as the one 10 for the, for the defence. Um, let's move on to the midfield then. Um, Cassidy, uh, Winks and Albrighton, 7, 8 and uh, 11. Um, Cassidy, I, I think there's a very good player there. Um, he's been found wanting on occasion. But also, he's posed a really, a really big threat going forward. He's missed some chances. Now, miss against um, Birmingham, wasn't it? Oh dear. But um, he's he's an interesting player. There's obviously a very there's a there's a real talent there. I would have him so far forward. I'd have him really pushing up. I'd love to see him play in that eight position, but really going forward. And then maybe whoever's alongside him. Uh, could even be, say, like a Chowdhury, possibly, drop him further back. Or if it is Dewsbury Hall, really drop him back alongside Winks and saying, look, this guy, he should be in the penalty area all the time. He adds, he adds a lot of presence. He's physically very imposing, um, skillful, But I don't know whether it's the attitude of a player who is at a big club like Chelsea, knowing that Hang on, this is a this is this is easy, or I perceive it to be easy in this championship. It's a nice pitch, it's a big ground, a team flying at the top of the table. I may be not putting absolutely everything into these performances. That's the impression you get. And then all of a sudden someone clatters him and he maybe has the bit between his teeth and he and he really goes at it and looks a real player. But I think there I'm not saying he's coasting. I think he could just do with up in his his percentage, up in his his attitude and his intensity, really getting stuck in. Um and then I think we would see a, a really top player. But um overall, because of that, I'm gonna give him a seven out of ten because he's been he's played well on occasion. He's scored goals. But I think there's a lot better there. There's a better performance in Cassidy than what we've seen. So I'm gonna go a seven. Could have gone a six, but I'm gonna go a seven. Um Winks I think most people out there will be, when we said 10 out of 10, they'd think of Harry Winks. 10 out of 10 for me. He's the best player in the side. He's, for me, he's been the player of the season for Leicester. He's been um, exceptional. It was, I can't, which game was it? it was, I think it was Ipswich, where in the first half, he gave the ball away 
about two or three times. And it was a real shock. Like, very, very odd passing, you know, just, just behind someone. It was like, wow, Harry Winks has actually passed the ball to an opposition player. It was, it was remarkable. Um, he's been brilliant. Again, he's playing at a level too low for him. But hopefully this gives him the full confidence that when he gets back in the Premier League with Leicester, um, he can replicate this form. I'm under no illusion that he won't. Um, he's uh, He's been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The linchpin of the side, exactly what you need in that position. And he's he's just been 10 out of 10. Um, and then Mark Albrighton. I think he's been quite unlucky, actually, Mark. I would like to have seen a lot more of Mark Albrighton. I think Albrighton should have come on in more games than he has. There's, Leicester have been in the position in certain games where Albrighton should have come on. Um, the aforementioned um, Ipswich game for a start, which I think the, the substitutions, it was one of the, the big red crosses next to the manager for me. Um, I don't know why the likes of Chowdhury or Albrighton didn't come on earlier, but there we go. Um but when he's come on, he's performed. He, you know, crossed through. He he's crossed for a number of goals already uh, in the relative small amount of time he's actually been on the field. He's Mark Albrighton. Um, he's going to get a seven out of ten. Has it been his fault that he hasn't played? Not really. But also, when he has come on, he's played okay. So I'm going to go seven anyway. So Cassidy seven, Albrighton seven. But it's it's got to be a ten out of ten for my at the moment player of the year, Harry Winks. Yeah, seven for Leicester's number seven, Cassidy. It's a weird one with him because physically he has got pretty much everything. He's quick, he's strong, he's tall, he's powerful. Technically, he seems like a pretty good player as well. So there's just something there in his attitude. Is is it to do with the fact that he's from, a like you said, big club? Uh, feels like, not necessarily that it's below him, but that, that, that he can cruise through championship games. I don't know, but he he doesn't do enough for me when he's on the pitch you know if if you're if you've realized that the starting midfield three is winks and Didi and Dewsbury hall and you've been given the number 7 shirt and you've come with a fair amount of talk behind you and and a and a good amount of potential from chelsea into the championship into a team that are flying at the top of the league you would surely come into the team when you're given the opportunity and he's been rotated in plenty. He can't say that he's not had enough opportunities. He's just come in and he's just... He's shown the old flash here or there. But he's not. He he should be able to take hold of any championship game with it, with all the attributes he has. But maybe it's his mental mental attributes that he's lacking and it, it, that could be down to his age. It, it could be down to the, the big club kind of syndrome. It could just be that he hasn't quite got the fire in him to become a really, really top player. Uh, and, you know, that's fine. He's a good option to have uh, as one of those sort of number eights up and down box to boxers. But I'd like a lot more from him. I've, I've given him a seven. Harry Winks, if we're going for the biggest 10 out of 10 in this list, then he gets it. He has been absolutely phenomenal. And I was going to make exactly the same point as you, Pete. Whenever you see him give away the ball, which is an extremely rare occasion, you're like, oh, my God, what's happened to him? And and you notice it. And, and you can remember specific occasions where you've seen him do it. And that proves how rare they are and how much they stand out. I would love Opta to, I'm, I'm sure it exists somewhere, just how many passes he's made this season. And how many of those have been successful? 
he, he makes more passes than anyone other than Vestergaard, probably. Maybe Fass and Hermanson. But he constantly wants the ball. He has never once shied away from receiving the ball. He points players in the right places. He points the ball around the pitch. He is basically conducting the team that is flying at the top of the league. So he is the biggest 10 out of 10 for me. Mark Albrighton's an interesting one because he he was never ma- massively blessed with pace or physicality and he has got considerably worse in that in that respect, in my opinion. I, I've got a huge amount of respect for him. What he's achieved at the club has been phenomenal. I'm sure he's another one of those dressing room characters uh, like Cody, like Vardy that we'll come on to that are essential to have around the place. I would never... Uh, he, he can quite happily retire at Leicester in about six years' time. I'd be fine with it. But... He there's a there's a surely a reason he's not played very much and that is it. He can't he can't do it really. He hasn't got the legs. You see him try and run onto a ball. I've seen him fall over. I've seen him get to a ball to try and keep it in by the touchline and then just not have the energy really to, to, to keep it in. But one thing you can't deny is his ability to put a ball into a box, either into a just a dangerous area or to specifically pick somebody out. Like you said, for the for the number of minutes that he's got, the assists or the sort of goal contributions in build-ups that, he, that he's got is, is very impressive. The cross for Cassidy's goal uh, in the FA Cup was sensational. Proper good ball in. Uh, and Cassidy gave him plenty of credit for it in the post-match interview. Um, so, so when he's got the ball, dangerous area, you, you know what you're going to get and it's absolute quality. But I can't give him any more than a six for his contributions elsewhere on the field. So Winks with a, a 10 from both of us. Chowdhury, Dewsby Hall. Um, I think we're, actually we'll, we'll run through the, the five of these. Hamza, Ju- uh, yeah, Hamza Chowdhury, Dewsby Hall, uh, Ndidi, Pratt and McAteer. Now, uh, Chowdhury, I, I thought would have played more. Um, when he's played, he's been fine, but he hasn't played an awful lot. Um, he's come on at vital moments. Again, I, I why he wasn't brought on against Ipswich earlier. You know, it would have been the... the the better substitution apart from you know brought Cassidy and and obviously um and that gun on but I, I I wouldn't have done that at all um has he been a victim because of the the people in front of him playing well I think so but uh Chowdhury I'm, I'm struggling for a number here I'm, I'm gonna go seven seven for Chowdhury because he's been he's been okay and that's still a good number Dewsbury Hall um there's been a lot of a lot of the talk you see a lot on online about Dewsbury Hall about him being arguably the best player in the league. Um, he's had an excellent season. Okay, he's been very good. Um, I think he's been really good in in recent weeks. I think the last like four or five games been very good. Um, again, he's playing at a level below, but I'm not going to give him a ten. And I, and I think people have been. I don't think he's been the best player in the championship. I think he's been really good. But also, there's been performances where he's been below what Dewsbury Hall should be um, should be performing at. But also, I'm not saying he should be scoring every game. I'm not saying he should be um, making a massive influence every game. But, but also, there have been games where he's been... Um, Disappointing, below a, a, an eight out of ten, which in this league he should be performing at most most weeks. And um, they are few and far between. They really are. I'm maybe being a bit harsh on the on the Shepshire Pele, but um, he's going to have a nine for me. So he's not a ten. He's going to have a nine for me. That can go up to a ten um, 
with a with an excellent end of season or second half of the season. So it's still a good mark, but on, on a nine. Uh, indeed, he's a, a difficult one because he's been he's been excellent. We're going to miss him for three months. He's out injured. Um, I'm just going to hold fire on the tens and the nines because we're talking about one of the best midfielders at some point in his career and they're not too distant uh, past in the Premier League. And he should be doing this. You're looking at Wilfred Ndidi alongside, say, Yannick Vestergaard. He came from a very low level. Um, he's done very well adapting to the number eight role. Still gangly and awkward and doesn't quite suit it, really. But again, just his quality has shone through in a in a position that is still awkward. I don't believe for one second he's a Premier League number eight, uh, or will be. Um, I think Wilfred Ndidi, I still don't really see him in in a future Leicester team in, in, you know, you don't want to say that, but I don't, I'm going to give him an eight, you know, hats off to the guy for changing position and keeping players who are better suited in that role, keeping them out of the side. He's out of the team now for three months. We're going to miss him, but I'm going to give him an eight out of 10. Um, Pratt just hasn't figured at all. What mark can you give him? We'll talk about Pratt. In fact, we'll talk about him now. Um, there's a. I, I, I presume he will move, depending on who we bring in. Um, he's his career is interesting. He's played sixty nine. He's made sixty nine league appearances for Leicester, um, and he's played. Um, he's never played ninety minutes. <laughs> he's never played actually for the full game. He played eighty five minutes against Man City in twenty twenty. He's in the last six months of his contract. I think Pratt will go. Um, and if he goes, fair play. I, I thought Pratt would have been a, a, a really good player and this season, and I think he would have been if he was given a chance. Maybe his attitude's not been too good. I don't know. But I think if he was one of those number eights, he could have played in them roles, no problem. I think he could have played probably in the Harry Winks role. Um, if he goes, I presume we're going to bring someone else in more on that soon. But um, what, what, what do you give Pratt? You, you don't give him any mark, really. He's not played three out of ten. Um, he's just not figured. And then Casey McAteer, um, who's it was such an unfortunate injury because he was flying. He was absolutely flying. And he may have surprised a lot of people, um, slightly surprised me. Really like him as a footballer. Quick, incisive, um, determined, but he makes things happen. But also he does the, the, the standard stuff well. You know, he will score headers, he will play the obvious pass. Um, he will take a shot when needed. He won't try and beat another man. But when he tries to beat a man, he will put it all in, like I like to see wingers do. So it's not half-hearted. He will, if he want, if he if he thinks he can beat them for pace, he'll push it past them and just run past them. But if he wants a bit of skill, he he can provide that. Um, I've been very very impressed. He hasn't got that kind of stutter. When Atgun made his debut, and I, I just didn't like him at all because he had that stutter when he comes up to a player. Unless you're as skillful as Riyad Mahrez, because he used to do that, then I'm sorry, if you're a winger, I don't like that in a winger. Um, that's why when Fat Fatawu, when, when, when we saw him on debut, more about him in a minute, I, I loved him straight away because he didn't do that. Um, yeah, I, I think Casey McAteer, season blighted by injury, but I think he's been brilliant. I really, I'm going to give him a nine. Because when he's played, he's he's scored goals, he's been influential, and also he's been a big surprise. And that's what uh, 
That's what he's impressed me the most. He's been brilliant, I think. Um, love him as a footballer, 9 out of 10 for me. So, yeah, Hamza, what do I give Hamza? A 7, Dewsbury Hall, 9, Indeedy, 8, uh, Pratt, oh, don't you, what mark do you give? 3, um, and McAteer, 9. Right, Chowdhury, 7, I agree with. I think in an, in most championship teams, he plays pretty much every game. The, the difficulty is uh, midfield is so good and the full-back to midfield role is so specialist, but Ricardo's doing such a good job at it that he hasn't really had as much of a sniff as you'd have thought. But it's an interesting one for him because he comes in and sometimes captains the side and then sometimes sits on the bench for a few games. Um, so he's got a role to play in the squad, no doubt about that. It's it's his club, he's been here forever, so he's the kind of player that fans can get fully on board with, uh, that, that we like to have at the club, somebody that understands the, the fan base, really. So And he's been solid when he's come in, he's done, he's done his job. I don't think any of the positions in this system fully suit him. He's not anywhere near as good at winks as dropping off and, and being tight in possession. He's got all the attributes to be the fullback that kind of wanders in and joins Winks, but Ricardo does it better, so you're always comparing there. So he's been fine, he's been solid. I give him a seven, uh, Hamza Chowdhury. Next on the list was Dewsbury Hall, yeah. Um I see, I agree with you in certain in, in certain elements of what you said about the fact that sometimes you, he can not be as effective in a game. You don't notice him as much as some of the other players that that stand out massively. But while you were talking, I thought there's there's a reason that I have penciled him in on my list and my provisional list as a ten, uh, and that's because of his numbers. And I thought, you know what? I'll check to back it up. He's got 17 goal involvements across goal and assists in 25 games, which is absolutely phenomenal. It's it's joint first for assists and it's in the top 10 for goals in the championship. Now, I, I, I still think he has limitations as a footballer. I, I've voiced that on this podcast before. I, I like him a lot. I, he works extremely hard. Um, he n- never shy away from a situation. He was one of the leading lights in a very dark period um, last season in the Premier League, and and like Hamza Chowdhury, he's been at the club for a long time since he was a kid. He understands, um, he understands what it is to play for Leicester City and what the fans want to see from you, and he and he gives that. But, but you can't, you I can't see any way that you can't give him like you, you've given him a nine. Fine, you can't give him any less than a nine or a ten out of ten. Regardless of sometimes he doesn't pick the right pass, sometimes he doesn't execute the right pass. I still think technically and in terms of speed of thought, there is a limitation there. Um, but the, the numbers alone have got to give him a ten out of ten for me. So I've I've gone ten for Jewsbury Hall. Uh, and Didi, I've just loved watching this season. And there's a reason he starts games consistently ahead of players like Cassidy uh, and like Atgun and like Chowdhury in, in midfield. And that's because he gets up and down and up and down. You'll see him on the the byline cutting a ball back in, in the opponent's penalty area. Uh, and then in the blink of an eye, you'll see him on the edge of our own box putting in one of those long-legged tackles that, that we've come to know and love over the years at Leicester. I, I think he's been he's been brilliant. And 
and maybe, maybe we've been a little bit harsh in saying sometimes he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing because he he can look a little bit awkward, but that that's because he's sort of long and and leggy. And I think he's been extremely effective in that role. I think his energy and physicality alone means that he could have a decent stab at doing that in the Premier League. I, I agree with what you said in the sense that decision-making and quality in the final third in the Premier League is absolutely vital and it's it's 100% the difference between uh, winning uh, or drawing a game or drawing and losing a game and, and it doesn't quite lack that. But it, it, the injury is a massive shame because if he'd have played now from now until the end of the season, had a full season in this in this what is a new position for him, um, and with the momentum of the of the club surely being being promoted as champions to the Premier League, he could take that personal and collective momentum into having a decent go at playing that position in the Premier League. Now with this injury, I, I think that's that that's slightly less likely. Um, so I've gone for a nine for Ndidi. I'm happy with him. Dennis Pratt, not bothered. Uh, don't don't care. It's a it's a sh- in terms of scoring him. It's a, it's a shame because this system looked like it would suit him in that number eight role. Technically very good from the glimpses that we've seen of him. Your stat about him never playing ninety minutes is absolutely wild. The amount of time he's been at the club is crazy. Um, but again, he's had those injuries this season, and he's he's constantly been in and out of teams and squads. In and out of favour, in and out of form, in and out of fitness. If you if if we can get some kind of fee for him in this transfer window in January, it makes complete sense to sell him, especially as we've been very heavily linked today with a a midfielder from Inter Milan. So that's just going to put him further down the the pecking order. Dennis Pratt. Uh, who was the other one? McAteer. Yeah, been impressed with him. Very raw still, which is fine because you know in a team that's playing well in the Championship. You can afford to have a couple of those players. And we said that at the start of the season. We'd like to see. But he probably wasn't at the top of the list of players we thought we'd be seeing more of. We picked out someone like Brunt. He was heavily involved and and, and under Rodgers a little bit as well. Heavily involved in pre-season. Gone out on loan. Um, You've got other players like the the midfielders that are coming back from injury. Like Alves and Braybrook. They were on the radar as players that would be given championship minutes, and I think they probably will between now and the end of the season. That might be another reason that Dennis Pratt moves on with with Alves now pretty much in, in first-team training again. Uh, but McAteer was a bit of a surprise package. I, I like it how direct he is. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes his crossing is absolutely terrible. Sometimes he doesn't beat his man and runs it out of play, whatever. But at least he has a go. And one thing I noticed very early on this season is his willingness to track back because if he does lose if you do have a winger that loses the ball to the fullback or they try to make a running behind that's cut out by the fullback the last thing you want to see them do is sort of slap the top of their thighs and trudge back dragging their heels head down pretending to jog a little bit I've never seen that from him every single time he realizes that the ball's going back the other way he's off and he's putting maximum effort into getting back into position or getting or, or retrieving that, that ball. So I've been massively impressed with his attitude. There's a lot of technical refinement th- to come, uh, whether that, that will completely come, you don't know. But he's young, he's raw, he's enthusiastic, which is what we like to see. So I've given him an 8 out of 10 for his season so far. On to the forwards uh, now. 
Jamie Vardy, Steffi Mavadidi, and Kelechi Inacho, 9, 10, and 14. Uh, Jamie Vardy, oof, it's... um. With the centre-forwards, it's such an interesting position because you've got Vardy and Kelechi Inacho, and in many ways, they've both been overtaken by Patsendaka and <laughs> Tom Cannon. So, Jamie Vardy, um, he scored goals. He's been fine. He was in the team in a time when they were still learning the Moresca way, yet still winning. And I'm pretty sure a Jamie Vardy playing for a Leicester team right now would be banging in the goals left, right and centre. And I think he will be when he comes back. Um, I think he's been the better of him and Kelechi and Acho. Um, I think I was going to go seven, but I think I'm going to go for an eight because, again, he was the better player. And he played for the majority from the starting games when Leicester weren't creating chances in that time when they were very conservative with their, their approach early on and Vardy was playing for the majority of that um that time and then it was Ian Acho came off the bench and scored basically. That's so I'm gonna give him an eight because I think overall his performances have actually been fine. Um and so an eight for me for Vardy uh, going forward again that's a big question to ask. Uh Steffi Mavadidi, who's been excellent. He's had an excellent season. He's got better as the season's gone on almost every game to a point where when we were playing against Ipswich uh, on TV, he looked, and he he'd got to a certain level, and I looked at him and went, "Hang on, you have got a ceiling that we don't know. We don't know where that ceiling is. We haven't reached it." Um, he's a he's a fabulous player, but he is brimming with confidence now. It's absolutely pouring out of him, and he's got the technical ability, the confidence. We know how confident he is the whole celebration against Birmingham, but he's scoring goals. He's finishing chances. There's still more to come. Um, his finishing can get better, uh, more accurate, um, but there is a hell of a player there. Uh, early on in the season, there was a few thoughts from myself thinking, I wonder if he's got the ability to step up to the Premier League. I think he has that. Um, I think at the moment he is arguably, you could possibly say, the best player in the league, um, Steffi Mavadidi. I think he's been playing that well, especially in the last month or so. He's really, really good. And he's looking like that best player in the side and in the league. The confidence he has is ridiculous. Um, and you want that player to be arrogant and to be, I'm the best. And, and I think he knows it now. And he's delivering as well. He's scoring goals. We need that. Um, Mavadidi... I'm going to give him a 9 out of 10. It could easily be a 10 now. But I think overall, it's difficult maybe for a winger. I mean, when Mares was given 10s on this podcast, that's because he, he was. But Mavadidi a 9. It could be a 10, but no, it's a 9. Hopefully it's a 10 at the end of the season. Carries on as he is, it will be. And Kelechi Nacho, completely the opposite. Um, he's gone backwards for me. Didn't like his attitude against um, Ipswich. And in recent games, actually, I think the the people who have mentioned this, maybe you've mentioned listening to the podcast when you've seen them as well, um, didn't like it. You have to. We know Kelechi Nacho. We know the style of player he is, and it took Leicester fans a while to to realise that's the way he is. He actually really cares about the side. He cares about the club. He's been here for a long time. Um, 
but also that kind of lackadaisical style sometimes you can be confused that with actually maybe not putting them as much effort in as as you could or being just a bit lazy um i we know Kalechi and Acho. we know when that is his game but also when he is being a bit and i think he has been like that um whether it's the case of you're at a side who are flying and everything's easy okay you're more than likely going to get a winner's medal and you're scoring goals you're going to be coming off the bench you're not having to do the hard hard work but it's just crept over for me um he has scored goals when he's come on and as i mentioned with jamie vardy earlier you know vardy does the the yards and then clechi Nacho comes on and scores but i think he needs to book his ideas up because at the moment when everyone's fit he could easily be the fourth choice striker but we'll see what happens I'm going to give him overall a 7 out of 10, which might be a bit harsh, but um, I thought Kelechi Nacho this season would be the one banging the goals in left, right and centre. I think he should have been. I think he should have been so good and so above this level that he should have been. He should have forced his way as being Leicester's number one striker. That's not been the case. I think he should have done because the, we know the talent's there. So I'm going to be a bit harsh and give him a seven. So I'm going to go eight for Vardy for doing the hard yards in a team developing. Uh, Mavadivity nine, and I'm going to give Kelechi Nacho seven. The central striker discussion is is probably the most interesting one because they are the player that features the least in this system. There's quite often switches of play to involve the wingers. Um, the the midfielders are obviously on the ball a lot, so are the defenders. The The central striker is the person that is often the most isolated, often being asked to do jobs that they don't really want to do and doing a bit of graft for not a lot of payback, if you like, especially earlier on in the season. And I think you're right in, in a certain way that Vardy and Ian Acho were kind of victims of that in the sense that they were um, the ones that were sort of starting alternate games pretty much when the the team was finding its feet uh, and needed to, we needed goals from elsewhere really because the, the striker was trying to do maybe they were trying to do too much who knows but I've, if, if you club Vardy and Ian Acho together I'd, I'd give them both a 7 out of 10 I think they should really have had the kind of impact that in a short space of time, especially on the score sheet that the Dakar and Cannon have have shown themselves to have, who've had a handful of games each and looked really quite at home in certain aspects. Cannon, I'd say more than Dakar, but we'll come on to those in a few minutes. Um, I just think somebody of... Vardy's experience, yes, he's he's done everything that you've said in terms of trying to knit things together and, and help the team when there's when it's new. Again, similar to Cody and All Brighton, in terms of a, a figure in the dressing room, a figurehead for the players, absolutely. Um Vardy is is that man. But I, you would think that the amount of goals that Leicester have scored, you would you would want him to have scored a few more. Same completely the same for Ianacho, who uh, it's time for me. It sounds quite drastic, but it's t- it's time that club's got to be up because if you if you get Dakar back from the African Cup of Nations and Vardy back, Cannon playing well, 
for what do you need a fourth choice striker on that kind of wage for? How much longer can you look at a player like Ian Acho and say, well, yeah, when he when he when he's in the box, he's he's a, a lethal finisher. Sometimes he is, yeah. And oh yeah, he's better. He's he's got better with his with his play when he's got his back to goal with his hold up play. So he'll be good in this system, coming deep, laying it off, get himself back in the box on the end of the sort of um, next phase of play. He hasn't done any of that in the championship in a team that is a cut above the rest. So if he can't do it, then when does he do it? And so I almost feel a little bit kind giving him a seven, but I'm I'm going for seven for Vardy and Ianacho, Mavadidi. I don't, there's, there's just something, something that I'm not 100% sure of with him. I, I've given him the same score as you, Pete. I've given him a nine, but I, I don't know that I would speak as highly of him. I think technically he's a very good footballer. Of course he is. And he he is playing in the championship when he probably could play, and, and we'll see next season, obviously, but he could play for... Uh, a mid-table Premier League side, probably, and have a a reasonable impact. But I, I think he's 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 come better in in the last sort of five to ten games, runner games, uh, runner goals, getting um, you know, getting the numbers up, I guess. But his assists are, are quite poor uh, in terms of his numbers. Um, I, th- I think his decision making is questionable sometimes. Uh, I don't think he's got as good an attitude as McAteer. Maybe it's unfair to compare them, but they were the two starting wingers early doors in the season. You were watching McAteer flying equal pace in both directions and you look at Mavadidi and you're like, there's a fine line between uh, between the arrogance that, that, that you deserve as one of the best players in the league. I, I agree with you in that, in that. In many senses, he's one of the best players in the league, but... I don't know, sometimes he strikes me as somebody that toes that line and, and steps over it a tiny bit too far. I might be being hypercritical. I probably am. But uh, all, all said and done, I'm still giving him a 9 out of 10, so he's obviously doing all right, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing fine. Um, we have uh, Abdul Fatawu, we have Patson Dacca, Cannon, Atgunnan and Marcel. Let's, let's do... Why not, why not do them all? Um, right, Abdul Fatawu. Um, I will put... One hand in the air and um, and welcome the acclaim from the for Fox Eight podcast listeners and from yourself. Um, <laughs> I did make the very bold claim after what forty five minutes of football that this player is very very exciting and looks to be again a cut above everything else in this league and we need to sign him straight away on forty five minutes. Um, I think I've kind of been proved right on that one. It doesn't happen often, everyone. So let's let's let me milk it. Come on, don't get me, let me milk it. But um, what a player! Like a real, real talent. But delivers. It was the way he skinned the fullback on three occasions. I didn't know which way he was going to go. The fullback didn't. He was gone, and he's to the byline. But then his head was up. And he pulled the ball back to a player. He chipped a dinky chip to the far post. And then at one point had a shot that fizzed across the turf and hit the post and went wide. This was against Hull, um, who we, we ended up losing the game to. But it was the crossfield passes. It was the control. It was the confidence. From an 18-year-old on loan 
from where is it Lisbon um just a ridiculous talent he should be on loan or purchased by some of the big boys in the Premier League he's got everything his attitude looks superb and overall as a footballer again where is the ceiling I have no idea um overall I'm going to give him a nine I think as an 18-year-old, he, he's been 10 out of 10. But overall, his impact has been amazing. He's the first choice along with Mavadidi. Those two really are now. But I think overall, maybe a few more goals. And, you know, it, he's not quite the 10 out of 10, really. But we've got a hell of a player. Now, as it stands, he's obviously not gone to uh, AFCON. The rumour at the time was because he wants to play the games to trigger the contract uh, talks or the, the release clause, etc. They reckon it's about 15 million off the top of my head. 14.7 was mentioned. Um, and, and basically the, the reports a few weeks ago were that Leicester will make the, the deal done and that Lisbon will be open for that. That'll be a snip. They need to make this done as soon as possible. Uh, for Tawu, we've got a, a real player here. Love him as a footballer. Fantastic. Um but overall, I'd say 9 out of 10. That could rise. Looking forward to seeing what he does for the rest of the season. Pat Sendaka, where's he come from? Nowhere near. Um, if he plays one more game, we have to pay X amount of money, was the rumour. Is he going to go in the transfer window? Maybe. Um, obviously, Bournemouth wanted him for big money. Um, but when he came into the side, he scores goals. We know he can score goals. It's the rest of his play. His hold-up play is absolutely dreadful. But... He's lightning fast, and he's actually a good finisher. But it's something that we know. But again, he's scoring goals at this level. Um, he's he wasn't in the side at all. He was nowhere near. He was on the bench and not coming off the bench. But then when he's played, he scored goals. Technically, to to measure up his season, his future. I mean, God knows what his future is. He could go in this transfer window, and it wouldn't be a surprise. He could stay and be the possible second choice striker. That wouldn't be no surprise, or, or be rotated with a few others. We don't know with Pat Sandaka. It's just like the way he plays. Quite often, he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> so, I think I'm going to give him an eight because, in the small amount of games he's played, he's done really well. But that seems incredible. Imagine if we said a month ago that Pat Sandaka will get an eight out of ten for this season. That's mad, but that's the case. Um. Okay, we'll we'll do those two first, Rob, and then and then we've got three more to come. But yeah, so nine for Fatawu and and eight for Daka, which sounds mad, but there we go. Yeah, Fatawu has been brilliant. Fatawu is is such a good player to watch because he he is he's clearly learning every game because he he's the kind of winger that I would like every single time he gets the ball facing the right direction, have a go at the at the fullback. I've not seen many Championship fullbacks match him for. For guile, for pace, for strength, for anything, he beats him in the air most of the time. He's very springy as well, and he just plays with a smile on his face, and that makes everybody else enjoy watching him play. Now he's clearly under instruction not to take the fullback on every single time. Fine, it's it's the system. Nobody can sit here and question the system anymore because look at the league table. But I I, I think he's a phenomenal talent and. Again, I wonder if this stat exists. How many times has he hit the woodwork? I've seen him clatter. That I, I would, I would claim off the top of my head of what I've seen, he must have hit the post or bar 
five or six times this season. So he's inches away from sort of trebling his goal tally. Um, his assists are, are great. He's got seven assists this season. He, You can see with the, when the other players go to him at the end of the game or you see the little... Um, reels on the on Leicester social media or their stories and whatever, and and he just looks so enthusiastic and so likable, and that that attitude to have to come from a team like Sporting that that produce a lot of good quality young players to come to the Championship as a completely unknown player. You know, all we had to go on was some random report from a couple of years previous that had said he's one of the top talents in African under-21 football. I had no idea whether to believe that or not. I just read it off my phone into this microphone on the podcast and said, let's see what he can do. And then you watched him for for a half and were like, yeah, unbelievable. One of the best signings Leicester could ever have made. You made some kind of ludicrous statement like that. But I'll tell you what, if, if he's got this much raw talent at this stage of his career and Leicester can snap up a player like that for £15 million... That would be a very, very good deal, in my opinion, because I don't see anything about him that is going to mean that he is uh, any less effective for our team in the Premier League. I'm not saying he's going to achieve the same kind of numbers. He's obviously going to be playing against better fullbacks. But, you know, with somebody like Mavadidi, I I can see him disappearing a bit in the Premier League, if I'm perfectly honest with you. But with Fatou, he's got those attributes that will do well in any division. And I, and I do think there's, he's still got a lot to learn, obviously. A lot of improving still to do, which makes me extremely excited for his future. And I'd love that to be at Leicester City. Uh, Pats and Dakar, yeah, didn't even expect... If you'd have said, like you said a month ago, Pete, that we were going to do this podcast in this kind of style... I wouldn't have even expected him to feature on it. And then all of a sudden he, he appears with injuries to a couple of other players and there he goes scoring a few goals. I still don't think he's very good at football and he has fluffed a couple of big chances as well. Yet he keeps getting in the positions to get more chances uh, and he's and he's bagged himself a few goals. Uh, I think, sorry, I, I think I forgot to give a number for Fatou. I'm going for a nine for him. Uh, for Dakar, I'm not sure I can be as kind as you and give him an eight. So I think for the first time this podcast, I'm going a point lower than you. I'm going for a seven for Dakar. Seven for Dakar. Well, there you go. So um, yeah, you've gone you've gone lower than me for the first time. Well, there you go. That's the that's those uh, those two. And then we've got three more to come. Um, we've got Tom Cannon, we've got uh, Eunice Atgun, and we've got uh, Wanya Marcel. I'm just going off of the website actually, the Let's Seat website. Um, when were there uh, actually midfielders or forwards? But there we go. Um. Tom Cannon, um, number 28 in the side. Rob, I think Tom Cannon is Leicester's num- main centre-forward now, the number one centre-forward when everyone's fit. Do you agree? Off what I've seen so far, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, if, well, he's been very good for the short, short amount of time that we've seen him. Um, physically strong, good attitude, good runner, as in the runs he makes, a little bit more pace than I, th- I thought, excellent finisher. Finishes in an instinctive manner, in in a in a Jamie Vardy way. That goal at Millwall had Vardy written all over it. Holding players off, strong, and uh, yeah, just looks an, an excellent centre forward. And 
very very impressed so far um and also probably a, a a big tip of the cap to the way that he's been brought into the side as well not rushed at all and for me he would be Leicester's number nine in waiting um Tom Cannon maybe next season that 28 turns into a nine but at the moment he's the first choice player I'm going to give him an eight out of ten because he's only played a few games but those games he's been really good uh hopefully that goes up because if it does, he's going to score. If he scored a lot of goals, um, really excited. Um, looking forward to seeing him. Him maybe on the end of a couple of crosses, maybe bring a different, um, a different aspect to Leicester's play. But like we thought, maybe with with Cassidy in the side, maybe them both actually in the same side with uh, indeed his injury. But we will see. But yeah, Cannon looks an excellent player, and um, yeah, I'm going to give him an eight out of ten. Unis Atgun. Now, obviously, he's he's the player alongside Fatou, who I, I mentioned. Didn't like him as a winger, don't like him as a winger. He's played as a number eight, and all of a sudden, he's shown his attributes have come out. The When I when I saw him in that 45 minutes, he took the easy option. Now, it could have been a bit of stage five, a bit of nerves, whatever, but he took the easy option. Turns out he's actually a tidy player. So when you're playing as a number eight, he's been tidy, really, is is my name, uh, my, my description of him. He's been okay. He's not really done a lot wrong. He's not been exceptional, and there's a I think there is a more of a talent there than we've seen. But he's took the easy option. He's been nice and clean and tidy, passed the ball, worked hard. Um, but the one thing that has, I think, made him... Um, a little bit maybe of a of, of a crowd favourite in, in certain aspects, is his attitude. He looks like he's got a really, really good attitude. He gets stuck in. He tries to win the ball back. He will chase down a lost cause. He will, he will tackle a lot better than I would have ever thought in a million years. We're signing a Turkish winger. And all of a sudden, we put him in the middle of the park and he's snapping at the heels like a Danny Drinkwater or Godo Kante. You know, he really has got a good attitude. So fair play to him. Um, I don't know where he ends up at Leicester, or if he does. I don't think so, probably overall. Um, but I think so far this season, I'm probably going to give him a 7 out of 10. But fair play to him because he could have literally been discarded. And we've got so many good wingers. He could have been way behind all of them. Maybe even Wanya Marcel. But... No, we've put him inside, and and again, well done to the the coaching staff and the manager, and he's actually been a useful member of the squad going forward. Again, does he? He'll be easily over overtaken by a few players, I think. But he, there he is, Eunice Atgun. I'm going to give him a seven out of ten. But I like, I love his attitude. Um, and then one year Marcel, who it's, it's a, it was a real shame when he burst into the side, scored those goals, and you thought, hang on, we've got an, a. It was Marcel one side and. And on the other side, McAteer. Now, obviously, they've had their their issues this season with injury, etc. Marcel, it, when he was dropped out of the squad, it was it was a bit puzzling, wasn't it? I wonder whether something happened behind behind the scenes or not. You look back now and you think maybe. But he's been given a new contract, and um, he's been very good for the reserves, etc. You know, the under twenty threes. It's it's a shame that obviously for him, he's got such a strong first team. And he's not quite close to getting near that at the moment. But from what we've seen, there's a promising player in there. So I'm going to give him a seven. Uh, again, because he's only played a few games. But when he has, he, he's looked very decent indeed. And he's contributed to that early season. Um, 
So looking forward to seeing a lot more from Cannon. 8 out of 10. And then 7s for Eunice Atgun and Manny Marcel. But credit to both of them in, in different ways. I have been so, so impressed with Tom Cannon since he came into the team. He's had to bide his time. He came to the club injured. I can't imagine how difficult that is coming into a, a club where you just want to be out on the grass, on the training pitch, getting to know your teammates. Uh, obviously, he'll have been around the training ground, so we'll have got to know them personally. But it's, you know, when they go out to do the full training session on the grass and he's in the gym or in the rehab area or, you know, doing whatever he's doing with, with sort of probably one-to-one with medical staff, it must be so frustrating for him. A young player scored a few goals in a loan spell last season in the championship, so he clearly knows that he can perform at this level and waited and waited. And we were talking for probably the last six to eight weeks when we, when he's been back in the match day squad going, give him a go, start him, give him, get him off the bench if we're winning by a couple of goals. And he's just been delayed and delayed and delayed. And then in he comes with... You know, Dakar, Ian Acho and Vardy unavailable. And he has probably, in, what, three or four games, done what you've said and promoted himself from fourth choice to first choice striker, which is a phenomenal achievement, given that the other three strikers are Leicester legend Jamie Vardy, Kelechi Ian Acho, who should be loads better than he is, and Patson Dakar, who just before him had also netted a few goals. Cannon looks like he's got absolutely everything. He, it, the, the goal where he, the centre-back just bounced off him and he slotted it in. Brilliant. The one you mentioned against Millwall where he pinched it just before the keeper outside the box and, and then slotted it in. No bother. Didn't even think about the finish. Didn't delay. You'd, you'd get somebody like Ian Acho. If he won that ball there, he'd hesitate, he'd hesitate. There'd be three or four players in front of him before you knew it. Cannon nicked it, buried it, done. Really, really impressed with him. I really want to see him get a run of games now. Uh, And I think he will with Ian Acho being uh, injured enough to to be um, a question mark over over AFCON. Uh, Vardy's obviously not going to play every single game. Cannon, for me, starts. Has to. And from what I've seen so far, I I don't think I can give him any more than an 8 out of 10 because we've hardly seen him. And this might be a flash in the pan. Who knows? But he's almost, in a different way, I find watching him and what he's done so far as exciting, or almost as exciting as I imagine you were when you first saw Fatawu. I do think there's a player there that has been that effective, quick, strong, able in the air. His link-up play could improve, but I think you can say that about every striker in the team. And it will. He's still very young as well, which is a real plus for him. Uh, Eunice, he seems like a cheerful chap. Uh, physically, he would get absolutely swallowed up in the Premier League. I don't think he is the kind of player that we would need next season. But in the Championship, he's technically decent. He's adapted a bit and, and has played a couple of different positions. Useful squad and rotation player to have. But very similar to Cassidy in the sense that looks to have all the, the attributes to grab a game by the scruff of the neck and dictate it and just doesn't. You, you don't see, I've not seen a full performance from Cassidy or Eunice that would tell Enzo Maresca that he's got to start them over Dewsby Holland and Didi. So I, I'd put, package him up the same way uh, as Cassidy in that respect and I'll give him a seven. 
And uh, lastly, Wanya Marcel. I don't know that we've seen enough of him to give him any more than a six. That's not necessarily a negative score. That's a he's done fine when he's been in the team and shown flashes of uh, of quality. Um, a, a victim, yes, absolutely, of, of Mavadidi and Fatou's form, 100%. So one, one for the future. Uh, if we're talking again, looking to the immediate future as, as in next season in the Premier League, I, I think it would be a, a loan spell back to the Championship to try and play a few more games than he has and will for Leicester this season. Yep, so there's our, uh, our 1-11, aren't they? 1-41 one, one or whatever the numbers are, really, when it comes to Leicester's uh, first-team squad. That's our ratings. Hopefully, uh, you maybe agreed with one or two, maybe you got your own points of view. Make sure you get in contact with the podcast at FFSpod and for Fox 8 Podcast um, at gmail.com if you disagree with ours, Facebook as well. Tell us what you think regarding the uh, the ratings out of 10 for uh, for, well... For the players, I mean, for the season, obviously, it's a 10 out of 10 so far for Leicester, you know, through in the Cup and um, and obviously riding high at the top of the table. Now, in the Cup, we've got a... Uh, did you watch the draw, Rob? I didn't watch it on TV. I was keeping an eye on the on the BBC Sport website updates. Right. It was, Why? What happened? Anything well, interesting? Well, I was just shouting 13 for every single home number and uh, eventually it came out. So we got a home draw, which we haven't had for an awful long time. And, uh, yeah, I wanted... Just a, a team from the lesser division, from from League Two, maybe even Maidstone. You know, a nice easy passage to the next round. Um, I mean, there will be six teams in the last sixteen from um from outside of the Premier League, and because of where we are in the league, you know, it would be a very good tie. So Hull or Birmingham at home. So we'll take that, and we'll see what happens in the FA Cup because that'll be a good chance to get through to the fifth round, and then who knows, a nice draw, and we could go far. No one will want to play us. The Premier League sides won't want to play us. And the further it gets, and the further, hopefully, we pull clear of the rest in the league, the more likely Leicester will play a, a full-strength side if we do then come up against a Premier League team. At the moment, I'd imagine it'll be a very similar team to play um, the likes of Hull or Birmingham at home as we uh, played against Millwall. So that's to come. Um when it comes to the Premier League, uh, the Premier League, hey, woo, 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 hey. uh, when it comes to the Championship, we are uh, 10 points clear then of Ipswich and in turn, uh, we are 13 points clear of Southampton now in third. They're doing really well at the moment, Southampton, scoring plenty of goals, looking very dangerous, still conceding a few, but um, they're looking like there might well be the danger, obviously four points clear from Leeds and then the rest, I don't think we'll figure uh, when it comes to getting automatic promotion um so well clear when it comes to the league and we've got some big games coming up uh on saturday 12 30 away at coventry who have kind of sorted themselves out after a, a tricky start to the season 12 30 and then at home against ipswich um on the monday the 22nd uh, on tv so two big games for leicester um coventry away and ipswich at home um when it comes to Coventry, it's obviously the local derby. It's going to be pretty loud there. It's going to be, you imagine, a full house. But a game Leicester can go and win. We're going to say that with every single game this season, of course. And then we play Ipswich afterwards. But with Coventry, they're going to be a difficult team. They're going to be a side who are going to be well up for this. And it's going to be a difficult game for Leicester. I'd imagine it will be the first choice team that's available to us. Um... It'll be interesting to see who comes in for Wilfred and Didi, whether they 
decide to maybe even play Ricardo Pereira uh, in midfield and then replace him at the back or whether they bring in someone like a Cassidy and really go for it. I'd imagine Tom Cannon will start. Can't see any reason why not. Fataro one side, um, Mavadidi the other side, the regular team. Against the Coventry side, who again have sorted themselves out and have, have, have rised th- through the league throughout the course of this season to eighth place. And they're on a, a fairly unbeaten, quite a long unbeaten run um, with a with a pretty decent goal difference. So even though they've drawn a lot of games in the season, they are going to be, it's going to be a difficult game. Um, I'm still going to go for a, a Leicester win um, and Cannon up front. It might be a game, though, that we have to wait till later on. And I can't see Leicester winning by, maybe by more than a goal. I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory for Leicester. But... Um, I'm going to go for it being a bit of a tricky first half, maybe even nil-nil at half-time, and then Leicester coming out on top by goal. But I'll go 2-1. Oh, you've just pinched that off me. I can see the game going exactly the way you've described it with exactly the same scoreline. And we don't very often agree on predictions, so I'm going to I'm gonna go for, for the same as you. I will, we'll do it as an official for Fox 8 podcast prediction uh, of Leicester 2, Coventry 1. Yeah, I've just looked at their form. They've not lost since the beginning of December, so they're in um, in very good form, be very confident. And, um, you know, they caused us some uh, some problems at the very beginning of the season as well. They've got some, some quality players. They were involved in the playoff mix last season. So, you know, they're a, they're a good side, and it's a, it's a difficult game. Um, and I guess this one and, and, and Ipswich off the back of... Uh, a sort of little bit of a not a break, but having a full week must be a sort of a, a, a welcome one. But Leicester with a couple of players away at Afcon, a couple of players injured. You know, it's a, it's a, these are important games. You've got obviously got the cushion of the the league position and the the healthy gap between Leicester and everybody else, but still need to keep plugging away at the points because you don't want to be sort of keeping looking over your shoulder I'm not saying that we really are but you know at, at, you know four points from from games from a game against Coventry and Ipswich I I think would be a a, a, re- a really good return um six points is obviously the ideal and and Leicester invariably are winning football matches this season so we're kind of coming to expect it but if we beat Coventry and draw with Ipswich, I think that's a decent return from those two games. Absolutely. Uh, really interesting news before we do uh, the FPL and, and, and finish the podcast. Uh, really interesting transfer news uh, for Brizio Romano. Whenever he tweets, uh, everyone in the world uh, jumps to it. And uh, Leicester City have approached Inter Milan for Stefano Sensi deal today. Talks are taking place over a permanent move, which is an interesting uh, term. And Sassuolo are not working on Sensi deal. LCFC are interested in negotiating with Inter. We'll continue more to follow. This is a player, uh, a diminutive player, and he is a midfielder who you could say is a similar player to Harry Winks, basically. Um, now, I was not fully aware of this player. I heard him from him before, but he moved to Inter in 2024, twenty million pounds. So there you go. He's obviously of some status he's injury prone to put it that way he's been out for a long time on numerous numerous occasions um a lot of muscle injuries etc as well but he's five foot six um a number of uh other outlets have then tweeted the same thing and a lot of the 
Italian journalists when asked questions about him or giving descriptions about him saying, very talented player, very, very talented, excellent on the ball, great vision, um, great passer, but his career has been halted by injuries. He's 28, um, but if he does go to Leicester, he will be basically a very good player in that league. Um, so, yeah, looks like a pretty good player, but obviously with his issues. Now, whether a change of scene will help that, we'll wait and see. Is he a replace? Is he going to be a reserve for Winks? Well, maybe he can come in as a number eight as well. Um, it looks a very exciting move for a player. Again, you're talking about a player who who signed for Inter for twenty million pounds. It's a sort of sort of deal you'd imagine Leicester would have done in the Premier League, but they're in the Championship now. Obviously, with where they are in the league, it's a big view to that. And for for someone like Stefano Sensi, would he have gone to any club in the Championship? apart from a team who are 10 points clear and clearly have got an, an excellent chance of getting promoted. I don't think so. And a club like Leicester, I don't think so. But Leicester are there. They can obviously match his wages according to whatever the deal can be done, if it can be done now, with a view to getting promoted. There's also, and Leicester are a very attractive club because you've got a chance of joining the side and getting a medal. And a lot of these players have probably not won anything in their career. And yet, here's a chance of winning. Yes, I know it's a championship, but still, it is a league winner's medal. So, we don't quite know how much money is being talked about. Apparently, a, a, a lot of outlets are referring to only a few million quid. So, maybe that's that's the deal. But it looks an excellent player. And if you want to bring a player into Leicester, why not do it in a championship campaign where it's going to be easy for a player of his ability, and it's going to be easy for hopefully players that we bring in of their ability because we want them to be good. And you're playing in a winning team and you're playing in a league where you are hopefully one or two steps above this. So it's a great way to blood yourself into the area, get to know the team, the club, etc. And then really kick on over the, the pre-season into the Premier League campaign. But we shall see. But very interesting and a bolt from the blue, really. Yeah, it is, and it's a, it's a good link because a lot of people have got an issue with the January transfer window for, for many reasons. Um, it's, it's quite rare that you come across a deal that happened in January that, was, that wasn't a sort of knee-jerk reaction halfway through the season, a bit of a panic buy, that kind of thing. It's, it's not that often that people use the January transfer window for forward thinking, but Leicester is surely in the luxurious position now of... They can't fully commit financially to being in the Premier League next season because obviously, you know, it's football. Literally anything can happen. But we've got a foot in the Premier League, even at this stage. And this is such a brilliant position to be in because it means that you can already start to look at and look at your longer term transfer policy. Look at Enzo Maresca will be doing this course he will looking at his squad thinking right who do I actually want here in the Premier League next season and there'll be a few players that we've talked about in our ratings that are either moved on in this window if possible or will be well out of the picture come the summer so why not be looking the other way and looking at a player like him like Sensi who I've got to admit I'd never heard of I've just googled him his Wikipedia page already says he plays for Leicester City because let's face it if Fabrizio Romano says it then it's pretty much happened um nine Italy caps from what I've seen on Wikipedia if that if that's true if those stats are true because it says he plays for Leicester which he doesn't um and a, a, a sort of very 
versatile midfielder by the looks of him. Uh, and one that could, like you say, could be a direct replacement for Winks when he needs resting, suspended. Heaven forbid Winks gets injured. You know, you need somebody on standby. And I, and I, I have maintained from the start of this season that there is not another player in our team like Harry Winks and everything has to change at least slightly if he's unavailable. So to have somebody that you could drop into that deep line playmaker role, fantastic. Especially somebody who has this kind of calibre as long as you can keep him fit. And, you know, Maresca was a similar kind of player, really. So I would imagine Maresca sees in Sensi a lot of himself and feels like it's the kind of player that he can work with. Um, if you're looking for somebody to sign an Italian midfielder who who can play in the deep line playmaker role or be more advanced... It's a player, or sorry, a coach now who used to be exactly that kind of player. It's almost like he's looking at a kind of a, a clone of himself. So Maresca clearly works very hard on the training ground, tactically, technically, with, with all of the players. But the, he looks like the kind of player that I imagine Maresca would like to work with as a one-to-one sort of project, if you like. And this is surely, if it's a permanent deal, uh, as... as um, as it's suggested on on social media, then it's absolutely certainly a transfer for the Premier League. And to be talking about that in January is very exciting. Absolutely. And uh, if it is only for a few million quid, if they want to get, basically, if they want to get rid of him because of uh, the way that Inter are playing at the moment, you know, they're, they're gunning for the league and he's just not involved, then, um, and they just want to get him off the books and maybe use... Uh, the little bit of money and, and the space in the squad and, and the wages, especially to, to then sign whoever they want, then great, we can take advantage. Um, yeah, very, very exciting signing and, and hopefully one of a few and we'll see who goes out of the club. And um, yeah, we'll keep uh, tabs on that. Right, we'll finish with the, uh, for Fox 8 podcast, Fancy Football League, because obviously we've not done this for a while. So let's play that music, Rob. <laughs> Now, in 10th place, up into 10th place, it's uh, Charlie XGX. What a great name. <laughs> Jack Curtis with uh, 1,182. Um, in joint 8th place, we've got uh, Major League Saka, Kieran McCloskey with 1,189. Same points for James Harden, who's down uh, into 8th place with 1,189 points. So 7th place, up into 7th. We've got uh, Run Yori Run with Tom uh, Strangbord with 1,190 points. Up into sixth place, Start Raving Mads, Glenn Richardson, 1,206 points. Top five, down into sixth place, uh, down into fifth place, sorry. Bruce Tolley with Lingardium uh, Leviosa, 1,216 points. Up into fourth place, hit the post, Matt Ward with 1,220 points. Top three. Down into third place, what would Jan Mobi do? Scott Kersey, 1,226 points. Non-mover in second, into Night Garden. Sam Smith, 1,228 points. And up into first place, Crafty Fox, Mr. J, with 1,228 points. So, we have... Two teams at the top on the same points, but Crafty Fox is top over in tonight, Garden. Not entirely sure how they work out, but there you go. Two points further back is Scott Kersey. What would Jan Mulby do? He's a big Liverpool fan, uh, Scott Kersey. But, uh, and then we've got Matt Ward 
only eight points off the lead in fourth. In fact, the top five split by 12 points. So very, very, very close uh, in the league. I've continued my uh, drastic decline. I use a triple captain uh, on uh, Alvarez, who, who got a goal, actually, in that uh, triple captain punt. So he got seven points, sorry, 21 overall. So I got 100 points, um, which I was pretty pleased with. But then when you see those in the top 10 all getting 90-odd points, you think, well, okay. But uh, that would have pushed me up slightly from way down. So I'm up to 136th now. So I think that's pushed me uh, a good, save 30-odd places. Rob, where are you? You're doing really well. Yeah, I've, it's gone off the boil a little bit. I wouldn't say it's an absolute disaster, but I've been very much around the average scores for the last probably two or three game weeks, um, which has seen me slide down a little bit, but I'm still in 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 my target zone, which is the top 50. Uh, I've fallen down to 46th. I only got 58 points this week, which uh, was um, what one off the average. And you know in this league. Our for fuck's sake listeners are unbelievably good at this game, especially those in the sort of top top 15, top 20. You know that if you get anywhere near average, you're going to be probably best part of 25, 30 points behind most of those. So it, it's not a, an elite score by any stretch, but I'm, I'm still just about clinging on to my top 50 status. So I'm quite happy with that. Well done for getting 100 points, by the way. Yeah, well, if I had Salah as captain, it would, a triple captain, it would have been a lot better. But still, I, I've got him in the side. But yeah, Alvarez, just, he, he had a few one off the post, I think. And if that went in, it would have been a really good week because he would have scored an extra four points, but then he would have got probably the, the, the three bonus. Uh, so that's an extra 21 points. And then you turn into a, an excellent week. But uh, there you go. I've played my wild card as well. The side was actually, uh, it w- was decent, but I played my wild card. So I've got a brand new team. Um, brought in Mr. Tony to score some against Forrest. Brought in Broughton Diaz, who's down as a midfielder, strangely enough. But uh, got him inside. I got, I got Palmer as my captain against um, against Fulham. So uh, at home. So so there we go. That's the way it looks, fantasy football wise. Anything else, Rob? No, I think we've uh, covered it in that. That's a ninety-minute podcast, like a like a football match for your ears. Yes. Uh, I tell you what, if we had Dennis Pratt on, he wouldn't have made it to the end, <laughs> would he? But, um, it'd have bailed out ages ago. It'd have been, it'd have been, it'd have been subbed at the 85th minute, you know, at the longest. <laughs> but uh, there you go, remarkable. Anyway, that's it for the podcast. We'll be back next week, hopefully on the back of a win against them lot down the old M69. But uh, we are back for the new year. Of course we are, after an awful lot that's happened. Uh, weddings and holidays and... Christmas as well and New Year, but uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to all our listeners, all our loyal listeners, wherever you are around the world, plenty around the world, and uh, we'll continue our chat regarding Leicester. Right, that's it for Fox 8. Get in contact, and we'll see you next week on the back of, hopefully, another win. 